on MH presents Chat Show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson, and this week it's it's a different format. Basically, in an ideal world, I would love to do nothing but record and put out podcasts. It's great. However, there there's there is much. I don't. I got to pay rent, so I can't. I don't have the time. Like the effort it takes recording podcasts, that's the easy bit. But you know, you got to line up guests, you've got to edit them, you got to do all that. It takes a lot of time and effort. So sadly, I only have time to put out one podcast a week. But you occasionally get ideas. Like this, the chat show is what it is. We chat, we talk, we see what happens. We've tried in the past another format where myself and Peter Green um, look back at a year. So I think we did 1984. That's in the archives. Check that out. Now, this week's episode is another pilot episode of a show that I would really like to get up and running. It's one that when I have a bit of time, I will record some more episodes. But this time, I thought, well, let's have a crack. Basically, what the format is, I invite a guest on, and this week it's Peter Gleason. Um, it's his fourth appearance on the podcast, though you've probably only heard two of them. Uh, this is only the second one you'll have heard. The other two are lost in the ether. Um, and what, basically, sorry to say, um, I hate when public speakers say, um, I'm sorry about that. You know, I could edit it out, but no, you learn. If you're someone who's got to give a speech, do some rehearsals and try and get that word out, because the minute I hear someone saying, um, in a speech, I lose all interest in what you've got to say. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So this week, myself, Peter Gleason, I asked Peter to bring along an album, a musical album, a CD, a, a cassette, whatever, whatever form he chose a CD, and I'd bring an album as well, or C- I'd also chose a CD, and we had a chat about it, so what the album meant, how we got into the band, and he, I won't, I won't spoil, well, yeah, listen to the episode, you'll find out which episode it was. We had a chat and we saw what was there. So, hope you, if you, and remember, if you enjoy this format, if you think, oh, I want to hear more about music, tweet at mwchatshow or email commononedge at yahoo.com and we will, yeah, we'll do more of it. Or alternatively, if you've got an idea about what we should be talking on the podcast, same channels as well. Uh, we want to provide a, a service, a product, it's not really a product, you don't pay for it, I like talking and I want people to listen to it. So, uh, if you're a listener and you, there's something I'm doing that you won't, don't want me to... Anyway, I'm rambling again. These intros, I generally... I should start recording them with the guests again because it's getting too rambly. Anyway, here's me, Peter Gleason, talking about music. Welcome right to the chat show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson, and joining me this week, he's well, he's been on a couple of episodes. Um, but yeah, um, I think he might have been on one by the time this one comes to air. I'm not sure. I'm rambling again. Peter Gleason, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. Good. Good. Now I just realised we're about to record. Like, spoiler alert: we record these in blocks. So we're about to record this one, and I'm going to record another one afterwards that you're also featuring on that I think might come out later. So. Basically, I'm doing an intro here that may make sense to listeners or may not, depending, or I may have spoiled that you're going to be on a future guest. But also, you're on two episodes that, well, that they went to that great, oh, what's the word? Just they, went, they went to the other cloud. The other cloud. They did the other cloud, the one with the, mis- the mysterious cloud. They went the to dark the dark cloud. The, the great corrupted file in the sky. So there yeah, we did. P- Peter and Maslow, who you're doing a show, what, in Sydney Comedy Festival? Yeah, we're doing a show in Sydney Comedy Festival called Frazzled. Yep, and it's April 29th and 30th. 29th and 30th, yep, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, tickets are 15 bucks, 10 bucks for concessions. Wow, you're cheap. Yeah. My show, The Un Australian, on May 17th, Factory Theatre, one night only, is $18, 16 for concession. Ooh. We 
Phil, you guys, so there you go, get a bargain. Um, for tickets for both shows, check out sydneycomedyfest.com.au. Anyway, we've got the plugs out of the way. Now, this week, it's, it's a different episode. It's, it's show and tell, but music show and tell. This is an idea I kicked around, and Pete, you're a, mu- you're a music fan, aren't you? Uh, I suppose everyone is, but yeah, I'm, very, but you know, no, I'm a I mean, huge music fan. You yeah. probably own more than 100 CDs. Yeah, I suppose younger guys wouldn't have any CDs, but yeah, I've got oh, yeah, the hundreds and gigabytes Actually, of MP3 files. Actually, is this files. the way to judge it these days? How many band t-shirts do you own? Um, I've got a rule. I only wear band t-shirts if I've seen them live. Oh, that, well, I have, I'm looking through my cupboard. I, except for my Nirvana t-shirt, <laughs> which I can't. Um, yeah, I pretty much have the same. Well, not an unofficial rule. It's mostly because you buy them at the merch desk at the show. Although my wife, my lovely wife, bought me for Christmas. Well, not this. I've got two UMI t-shirts. My other UMI t-shirt, she got online. I'm, I've never seen it. So there you go. Cool. Well, how many? What's your, how many band t-shirts you got? Ah, uh, sort of in rotation that I wear now, about three or four. But there's at least ten others that have there worn out, and I've gone other th- ones that have just disintegrated from wearing them too much. Yeah, I've got, I've got one. I've got this vintage UMI one that I absolutely love, and it's, it's actually. People will pay for it on eBay, but it's been flogged. It's threadbare. Yeah, I've got it's, ones like that. Yeah. I've got ones that I've kept, but I don't wear them anymore because it's like one more wash and it'll just be like a dandelion just fluttering oh. off the washing line. There's nothing left of them. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Um, former guest of the show, Glenn Wool. Do you know Glenn? Canadian comedian? Uh, I don't, um, I've never met him, but I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's very funny. Very. If you've not, if Glenn's in your town, go see him. He's been on a guest on this podcast. I can't remember... Um, anyway, go back and go to, if you're on Stitcher, check, just search Glenn Wool, you'll find him. Um, he buys one new Guns N' Roses t-shirt each year. Just always likes to have one in rotation. That's his band, and he sticks by it, which I just respect. Yeah. I actually went to the Guns N' Roses concert, um, and yeah, I didn't like the, mer- the merch. Don't you hate it when you go to a concert and the merch sucks? It's bad when it sucks, and also when it's like really expensive. Well, they generally band T-shirts, and that's why I do like they're all they're about forty bucks. Yeah, but the bigger. I was, first time I saw Iron Maiden, they were going like fifty bucks. Whoa! That's... They had like the really cool ones, or like the the football jersey ones. They look like um, what team is it that they support? Uh, West Ham. It's like oh. a West Ham shirt with Iron Maiden stuff. They were like a hundred and something. For heavy, they were net- top quality, but. For a heavy yeah. metal band, they do a lot of crossover because if you see, you obviously you know the Iron Maiden Jet. Yeah, they're, so they've got the home Air Force One. Yeah, Air Fo- Yeah, they've got that, and they've got the, the the football shirt. But yeah, it's see for me, it's like I. Oh, the other thing is with band T-shirts, some of them are just ugly. Like yeah. I, like the Guns N' Roses one. I don't have enough hair to pull that one off. <laughs> I think you've got to either have an ironic mullet or just a mullet to wear a Guns N' Roses. Oh, Glenn, Glenn's got a good head of hair and, a, and, a, and an awesome beard. He can pull it off. And Dave Eastgate, who a future guest, hopefully, on the show, he pulls off a good Guns N' Roses t-shirt, but I don't think it suits me. Yeah. Oh, Dave's always got the sort of scruffy stubble going as well. You're more clean. Well, a, I mean, he's a rock. For those who don't know... He's very rock and roll, yeah. Google Dave Eastgate on the YouTube, and I think he's doing... If he's doing festivals, go see him. He's a rock and roll comedian. He's like... He lives it. He lives rock and roll. Yeah, he plays guitar on stage. He does the whole thing. Yeah, yeah he can actually play guitar. The man's talented. Check him out. We're, there you go. We're, we're plugging future guests. We're plugging past guests. And I see... Notice I've seamlessly... Haven't explained what the concept is. People think this is just a merch... Comedy, we don't actually do... Like, I've toyed with it in the... Blo- We've got the Un-Australian. We are thinking about putting out some merch. But it's a lot of effort. Like, you yeah. almost need someone... Because, you know, the shows, you can't really... You can't really, hey, just start telling jokes. Hey, buy my shirt. Or well, you can, but... 
It's a lot of effort. Yeah. Plus graphic design. Oh, you're a graphic design. Yeah. You know, I've, is, I've that, what you're, is that your trade or is it? Yeah, sort of graphic design and web design, yeah. That's what you do. He That's does a good job. job. He's, if you ever go check out Peter Gleason's posters, they're amazing. And yeah, you do some good stuff. So I should explain the concept. What this is now, this is a pilot. It's a pilot podcast. I'm going to do a few of these. And at this stage, if you like this episode, if you want more of this, tweet at MWChatShow or email comedyonedge at yahoo.com. Conversely, if you don't want to hear about music, tweet at MWChatShow or comedyonedge at yahoo.com. And yeah, we'll see what we can do. But I just want... if. I think this is almost, we're almost at the 150 mark. If you, you know what I'm like now. I ramble, I chat music, politics, Colin Funky Miller, and Neighbours. They're pretty much, oh, Bill Cosby, that's our topic. So if you're in that demographic, oh, shout out to Hey Dad, and um, <laughs> yeah. We've gone down a path here, haven't we? Throw some Rolf Harris while we're at it, why not? Well, that's the other one. I was stretching for the name. So what, what this concept is, I'm, I'm going to have some guests on. It's going to be me and, him, me and the guests, and this is so, Peter. I've asked everyone to bring along a CD that they can chat about. It can be your favourite CD, and I'll talk about one of my favourite CDs. And yeah, we're going to take it from there. So I guess, question, Peter, what CD did you bring? Today I brought uh, Mr. Bungle's third album and final album, California. Oh well, you went for the final album. The final album. Now, how did you actually? I should let's let's. What was the first? I'm guessing you're about. Was it cassette the first you bought, or was it a yeah, CD? Yeah, cassette. What was the first say. cassette you bought? I can't remember exactly. I think it might have been Rage Against the Machine's first album. Oh wow! When I was yeah. like 11. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. Props. See, for me, it was um, Ice House, Man of Colors. For the song Electric Blue. I think I'm probably a bit yeah. older than you at this stage. Well, I like a year. Like, I had a whole bunch of cassettes, like, recorded of my big sister and stuff. Yeah. I had, like, well, Metallica and ACDC. But that was the first one, like, I bought with my own money. You were a bit more heavier. Let's see, I didn't get... I grew up, I grew up in Hobart. Um, where did you grow up? Ah, Southwest Sydney. Like, same so, area. kind of. So, you living. probably... See, we didn't have... We had one record shop. We had Rage. Rage was my first music intro. We didn't have Triple J till I was in a teenager. So we didn't mm. really have, you know, pretty much commercial radio in Tasmania was Farnsey, Barnsey and Chisel. That's what I grew up on. So heavy metal for me was, I got into grunge when Nirvana, Nirvana never mind, oh, not never mind, no, it was, no, was it never, no, it was um, Unplugged. Was the first, and then from there yeah. I got in, Metallica, Metallica was the first heavy metal, but I don't, I appreciate that, but I don't go much heavier than Metallica. Yeah. The first heavy stuff I got into was, like, through my sister, who's, like, four years old, it was, like, sort of Poison and Motley Crue and all those hair bands. Oh. That was where it all started for me. See, but I then when I discovered Thrash and Metallica, I went, ah, oh, I didn't classify, like, I remember, like, when I first started watching Rage in the morning, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine was in the charts. I didn't classify that as metal. Like, Sweet Child of Mine is... It's a, more hard rock. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, and, or now it is, but back in the day, it was... It was they were the last of the hair metal bands. Mm, I don't know if I'd consider Guns N' Roses fully hair metal, though. Well, they if you look at their first, Welcome to the Jungle and that, they did have the big perm, the big... Like, Axel with a big... Mu- oh, they had the big hair metal oh, That was just the 80s. Even Iron Maiden was well, they, Yeah, but they, they did a bit of glam as well. Yeah. So, But where, how'd you get into Mr. Bungle? Because they're, they're a band I've heard of, yeah. and I've listened to, but I... 
it genuinely comes up. It, I don't hear it on radio, obviously. I don't. No. It comes up when people talk about it. I've had a few people list this band. Yeah. So how did you hear about it? Uh, like probably just about everyone who's into Mr. Bungalow. I got into him through their lead singer, uh, Mike Patton, who probably most of you would know is the singer for Faith No More. That's true, and he was with them from the oh, almost. The, I did a bit. I did a bit of Wikipedia research today. He was with them from eighty five to two thousand ninety nine when they broke up. Yeah, Mr. Bungle. They started um, when they were in high school. Yeah, so they were like pretty young. They recorded like three, three or four cassette demos in the eighties, and that's actually how we got into Faith and More. Big Jim Martin, the guitar player, the guy with the glasses in Bill and Ted. <laughs> um, he heard some of those demos and basically yeah, invited Mike to join after Chuck Mosley left. So There you go. That's how we got into it. And then and because of the, that success, that's how Bungle got their major record label deal. Yeah, and then because uh, of Faith No More, he came into them. Like, they had a lot. They had a few lead singers. Um, Courtney Love at one stage yeah. was... Well, I don't know if she was a lead singer or she, I know she was a guitarist in Faith No More. Yeah, I, I'm not... I've never heard any recordings with her. I don't know if there are any. No, I don't... I, it's, I'm not a, if there was, they might have deleted them. If ever I, I did... Hear it. If ever I did, like, a pod... I would like to do, like, a J-Files on Courtney Love because I have a love... I, pardon the pun... <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with her. Like, Hole's first album is brilliant. It is yeah, one of... Yeah, was the big single off that? The oh, Doll Parts. They had a few, no, but it was, it was just... One, I forget the name now. Oh, you're, thinking, you're not thinking of the second one, Celebrity Skin. Nah, nah, nah. Which is still a good album. So I remember the video, there was like an old, creepy old dude, and she's like dancing around, almost like a pole dancer thing. And it's been so... Like, I Hole, what it was now. I have two sorts of albums. Like, my, in my album collection, I've got albums I buy, like, bands that I follow, you and my... I always buy you and my album. Yeah. Released, I get it. Um, but someone like Hole, I bought Live Through This, or Live Through This, if you want to call it that, <laughs> which we'll get to my album choice a bit later. But it's an album I can listen to in its entirety. Like, it goes on. It's not... But Whereas, like, I'm trying to think of another one. When I first bought Pearl Jam 10, I bought it for the singles. So I used to... I wouldn't let it run. I'd go, okay, Evenflow, Alive, Jeremy, Porch. And then I'd just repeat, that would be my listening yeah. But then, and this is probably from going from cassette to CD, because in those days, when you had a cassette, you didn't have a choice. You would list, or you could, but you there couldn't was effort, There was effort involved in skipping a song. Yeah, you'd have to rewind, and it was, the album I've chosen today, actually, did you get Mr. Bungle? Is, oh, this was their last, so yeah. did you ever get any of theirs on cassette or all on CD? Uh, no, I got them all on CD. Ah, uh, there you go. So well, I got into them a bit after, like, I think... Well, the first album came like '91. I didn't hear about it until at least five or six years later. Yeah, so a bit late. Did you get yeah. in? So you got into Faith No More first, or I got into Faith No More when the first album with Mike Patton came out, uh, the real thing. When I was like eight or nine, with their big song "Epic." Yeah, I remember seeing that on Rage or Video Hits or whatever it was with the fish flapping at the end. I thought this is pretty cool. I like the fact. So I've been that a fan of them this, since then. Them explain Epic. They just wanted a big, dumb rock song. They said the lyrics deliberately don't make sense. And it's true. There's a lot of that with Mike Patton stuff. A lot of his other... He's got a whole bunch of other bands like Peeping Tom and Tomahawk and Phantomus. A lot of them don't even have lyrics. He's just kind of screaming and making weird noises. So that's, that's the thing he does. There you go. So, Mr. Bungle, tell us, like, if this was... If I was an amazing audio editor with a lot more time, I'd be cutting in little sample songs here. We go, oh, this is track one, this is... And, you know, but it's not going to happen. So, if you want to, like, accompany this, have YouTube open next to... If you're listening on a computer, if you're on your phone... Or Spotify, it's on there. Spotify. Yeah, I haven't got on Spotify. Oh, I... 
See, my problem There's is... There's a free version, but they, they, they put an ad up every, like, two or yeah. three songs. And they're really annoying American ads, too. They're not like, hey, there. Yeah, there are local ones, but uh, they suck. But you yeah. can pay for, it's like, ten bucks a month or whatever. But it's a case of, like, I have unlimited Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I have YouTube. I can Everything listen, is on YouTube. Every yeah. band I want to hear, I can hear their concert. I can listen to the Dandy Warhols in Paris. I can hear You and I in London. I can, you know, see footage of I'm trying to th- of Lars Ulrich walking down the streets of San Francisco. It's not music, but you can just see. There it, it is. <laughs> it's yeah, you know. But it's a case of so I don't. I probably should get in. If I'm going to do this, I should get into Spotify support the art. I still go to concerts. I still buy T-shirts. I, st- I do buy CD. Uh, Actually, I haven't bought a CD in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while since I've bought one. Yeah. I can't remember, actually. It would have been a year or two ago, maybe. Oh, mine's longer I ordered one from Iceland a couple of years ago. Oh, no, I lie. I bought one this year. I went... The Dandy Warhols, who were one of my favourite bands, they did an in-store signing at Red Eye. Red Eye Records in Sydney. If you're in Sydney, go... This, they're not paying me for this plug. It is an amazing record shop. It is shop. a good go, one. It's got everything you need. The staff know what they're talking about, and it's just got that cool vibe about it. I went and saw the Dandy Warhols there, and I bought their last album. It's because I got it signed. So that was my last one. So there you go, record shops. If you want to get me back in, get my favourite bands. You No, I buy you... Did I, actually, I don't think I bought the last year on my album. Anyway, we're, I've gone on a tangent here. Just a little bit. So there you go. So tell me through, talk me through Doc, uh, Miss, uh, Dr. Bungle. I've promoted Dr. him Bungle. already. Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle. Uh, there's a, there's have you a, seen him live? Um, have they no. toured? I don't think that. I think they, I think they might have. But they have. I've missed them. Ah. Um, they kind of got screwed over with their last set of tours for this album. Um, there's a bit of a story behind Bungle. They had a bit of a feud with Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. We've all been there. <laughs> he was not a fan of Mike Patton when he first joined Faith No More because he thought, this guy's ripping me off. Because at the time, they were both sort of young, long-haired, pretty good-looking dudes. And if you listen to that, that um, first album that Patton was on for Faith No More, he did sound a little bit like Kiedis in that one. Yeah, I'm going to have so to go... Thought, this guy's ripping me off, so there's a bit of a feud. Which album of the Chili Peppers are we talking about? That would have been around Mother's Milk era. So okay. just before the Blood, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, because that was like 91, now, I think. forgive my ignorance, and was Patton like... Was he a junkie? Did he go through the... Um, I mean, obviously... He I, acted like one, but I don't think he ever But he wasn't was. like... Because Kiedis was a pretty messed up He junkie. was big into the heroin and everything, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know... Um, you know in, on, on the, I don't know the story here, but I'm probably going to side with Mike Patton. I have, yeah, like, just because he's more talented. See, Faith No More as a band, I, I have their albums, but they're not on high rotation, and they were ruined for me. Because I used to work at, in Kmart, and... You used to have to do a shift. Like occasionally, if you were, I used to work in the toy department, but occasionally I'd help out in sound and vision. The rule in sound and vision, that's the department, was you're behind the desk, you choose the music. So you could get away with, like what you couldn't have like, like I could not play Rage Against the Machine. But I got away, like mine was usually Pearl Jam 10 or that. Then they changed the rules because someone complained about the swearing. So you could only choose top 20 chart music. And the late 90s was pretty awful in the charts when I was there. So the only... Most out- of history's been pretty awful in the charts, really. Oh, you can, there's some good stuff. There's yeah. always some outliers. You only remember the good stuff. That's yeah, you thing. can scratch through, but there's, yeah, there's some junk. But, like, you know, as much as I like Ace of Bass, I wasn't going to listen to their whole album. <laughs> or Aqua. That's, that's oh, the time. So the only album in the top 20 was Faith No More's Greatest Hits, which is great. It was great the first time. But for six months, yeah. on repeat, every time you work, 
And, you know, when the songs hit, the song, is it Ashes to Ashes? Was that the one they released for it? Uh, yeah, that was on the last album before they sort of came back again. Yeah, because I can't stand that song because in my head, every time I hear it, I'm reminded of being bugged by customers, bugged by this, and just on repeat yeah. over and over. So Faith No More is a band. I pro- and that's why, like, when you said, because I asked you about a week ago what album you were going to say, and I said, Mr. Bung, I'm like, I should, but every time I'd go to YouTube and look it up, just flashbacks would come in my head. So I'm sort of, they've been spoiled. But are they, do they differ much to Faith No More? Quite a bit. Yeah, they're a lot more experimental. Um, the earlier stuff was, like, especially those uh, early demos, is almost like death thrash metal with, like, Scar and Jazz in it. They kind of got progressively stranger. Um, this last album, California, this one, which actually is possibly called California because it came out, it was due to come out the same day as Red Hot Chili Peppers' Californication. Oh. As a bit of a poke in their feud. Oh, that's... It got delayed for obvious reasons. I could... Just to Do you like the album Californication? It was probably the last Chili Peppers album that I kind of enjoyed. After that, I kind of lost interest. I think it is the most overrated album in music history. Yeah. I say, like, it's a good album. It's yes, a good it's album. Good, it's yeah. almost like... I, it's I prefer the earlier stuff. But... In terms of, I think the Chili Peppers, and to a lesser extent, Smashing Pumpkins, they profited the most from Nirvana's demise. Because when Nirvana went... Because there's always that upper echelon of bands that you need. When Nirvana went... Well, obviously, when Kurt killed himself, there was a hole to be filled. No pun. What do I keep going back to? <laughs> that was totally not intended. But it worked well. But there was that sort of genre where, you know, there was your, your Limp Biscuits come along, your Corns, and Corn never kicked it to a le- the next level. Limp Biscuit looked like, and then everyone realised they really they suck. suck. I will admit, I bought and enjoyed, at the time, the first Limp Biscuit album. I like it too. I, I'll admit, I'll go further. I like, they're probably the first two. I liked, um, what was it? Was there, no, I keep confusing. What was first, Nookie was their first song. No, no, the that was a, the first one was Three Dollar Billy or Nookie was like the album after that. Oh, okay. You're, the first uh, one had the George Michael Faith cover on it. That's right, that's right. I thought they were on the same album. And then, no. but I like, because my other love, one of my loves is wrestling. And WrestleMania 17, the, you're not a wrestling fan at all, are you? Well, I was when I was like seven. There you go. Well, you, you, it's funny. I, this is a pod, I should describe what you're wearing. You're wearing a pretty cool t-shirt, shorts. <laughs> you look like either a wrestling or a Star Trek fan. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as I'm dressed in pretty much the same outfit. There's a big crossover with those. Yeah, there, that's why like, I, I chose wrestling. I saw what happened to the Star Wars fans. That's why I don't get into Star Wars. I've never, <laughs> never watched... Are you a Star Wars fan? No judgment. Um, yeah, I've seen all the movies. Do you, I've got or, a Toy R2-D2 at home. There you go. Yeah, you answer my I've <laughs> never seen a Star Wars movie. Really? Ne- I've seen Spaceballs many, many times. Oh, that's great. But never Star Wars. So I'll probably get most... But I, I, I'm old enough to understand the concept and get some of the jokes. But we've gone on a tangent there. Again. Again. I know. What was I? That's right. The Chili Peppers being... Because I think they were, they were a good band. They were... Oh, a, yeah. I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with album names. What's the one with Breaking... <laughs> it's red, One Hot Minute. No, what's uh, wrong with Breaking the Girl? The big one, Suck My Kiss. Oh, uh, Blood Sugar Sex. Night. Yeah, that's the one. I'm sitting there. That is, that's an amazing album. That's up there. But Californication for me is an average album. Like, it's not, Scar Tissue is an awful song. It's just dull. Yeah. It's dull and boring. They got a bit more sort of ballady and they sort of dropped some of the funk. Yeah, they lost it. Because they were, if you go back and listen to some of the Chili Peppers, 
They're about to forget they've been around. They started mid eighties too, like earlier, early, yeah, yeah, two eighty three, I think. Yeah, so that's a long, long time. And props to them, but yeah, it's I don't, I just don't think if you ever, if ever you see like a list of greatest albums of the nineties, greatest if Californication appears, you know the people don't know that what they're talking about. (laughs) They've got no idea. It's a good album. It's not a great album. Anyway, that's not one of the ones we're talking about. No, no, no. But we're talking about this feud because. I, th- yeah. I like the idea. Have they? Has it ever come to blows? Or it hasn't come to blows, but because of the timing of this, because uh, those two albums came out at the same time, obviously both bands are booked to do a lot of the big um, summer festivals in Europe. Yeah, but because Chili Peppers were booked as the headliners for all these festivals, the headliners oh. get vetoes. So Faith them, uh, sorry, not Faith Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle basically got kicked off about nine or ten European oh. festival shows because Keaters didn't want them there. They probably do they. Big Day Out probably would have had because yeah, around that yeah. time uh, they got. I think they got kicked off that one because oh. yeah, Chili Peppers came to that and that's Bungle a dick move. Didn't. I mean, I know when I say that, it's a dick move, but it's also I do understand it. <laughs> like if you've ever done, have you done any road trips in comedy? Uh, I've been down to Wollongong once. That's yeah, it. That, that's a good road. Wollongong comedy. I say this every time. Craig, the master, it used to be called the Craig House. Wollongong Comedy at the Master Builders Club, my favourite gig in Sydney. If you're in Wollongong, go see it. You check it out. It's a fun night out. But you do a road trip, and this is on a, I'm talking about a bunch of guys in a car. Or, sorry, a bunch of people. But I, I'm trying to, I apologise. I'm trying to get my language so it's more gender neutral. But it really is hard to do that. Like, I think guys is kind of gender neutral. It is, a lot but of it's, people use it that it way. It is, but it just I mean, in comedy... Sadly, it is all guys. There's not enough females, so yeah. I need to get a bunch of comedians. I think I need. I need something. I'm, I apologise if you're out there and you're someone who likes to blog and rant about stuff. Good. I am trying to get better at this. Don't 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 come at me in a Twitter. Oh, yeah, actually, we could do with a listen. No, <laughs> I don't really want to get views just so that people can clip it up. But a bunch of comics in a car is very big, different, obviously a different scale to, you know, touring around Australia in the big day out. But I can imagine if I had to see and perform these people for a couple of months, if I didn't like someone, I wouldn't want them on the bill either. I do yeah. get... I do get. chili peppers are so big, they could, they'd be on their own plane or on their own bus. They could isolate themselves from everyone yeah, but so not gonna, even meet anyone you're gonna they wanted to. Yeah, but you're going to see it. Like, the odds are you're staying in a similar hotel. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you know, fly... I don't think they're big enough that... Well, in Australia, the big day out wasn't big enough to charter them a plane. So, you know... They must afford to charter their own if they wanted to. You know, they're, they're probably sitting in first class on their Qantas, you know. <laughs> Mike Patton's got to walk... He probably wouldn't be... The, he'd be business. So, they'd be first class, oh, he'd yeah. be business. And they'd have to walk past and Anthony would be just like, oh, man, and that'd ruin your day. <laughs> probably. But that's... I, I didn't realise that was what... Did they... Any plans... Because we're in the age now where every band under the sun is doing a return. Doing returns, Do you yeah. reckon we'll get a, bung- a bo- Mr. Bungle encore? Probably not. I know a lot of fans are hopeful, but like there was a Faith No More one recently, a couple of years it's ago. true, there was. They... But like everyone in Bungle is in countless other bands, some of them in bands together. Um, <laughs> well, I just... Three of them were in Secret Chiefs 3. A um, couple of them were in... Phantomus, which I think is dead as well. I've heard the name. That, that rings a bell. Like, I'm not... Phantomus is the one. Mike Patton is the vocalist of that. And uh, I think Trevor Dunn, the bass player from Bungles in that as well. They did an album, Director's Cut, which is like covers of movie theme songs. They oh, like wow. Godfather and stuff. See, this is a question, like, for someone like... like it shouldn't be about the money, but someone like... Take Mike Patton. 
He probably earns enough from Faith No More yeah. that he doesn't have to work. Yeah, he doesn't have to, but he But I, I like the fact that he's just like, rather than think we can cash in every two years with a Faith No More tour, or we could, you know, re-release albums, he just thinks, fuck it, I want to start a new band. And all the guys, it's like, hey man, I've, I like that idea that they're just getting together and jamming and just saying, let's put something out. Yeah, I'm not sure if they can get all the, the bungle guys together. I've read some stories that certain members kind of hate each other now. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't know enough about it. I don't know. This is the benefit of podcasting. We can speculate. <laughs> we can speculate, I mean, yeah. the absolute worst case is someone from Mr. Bungle is going to get in contact with us to correct it, and that was your way to meet your band. So <laughs> it's, I say, you know, They're not as long as we don't d- defame them, I think. But that's the thing with bands. Like, they do... It's rare to find a band that's been together for a long, long time that hasn't had two members, you know, wanting to sue. Or I mean, I, yeah. just, I just saw Guns N' Roses, probably oh, one of the bands that had one of the most noxious... I mean, when they went in the Hall of Fame, Axl Rose did not appear. Really? And that was only two years ago. That wow. was not... Now, you'd think the Hall of Fame is probably one of the great achievements a band can have. Mm. And for you to not want to... Even, you know, not want to appear with your fellow mates, that's pretty tough. Yeah, so I can't even think of bands that have been around for like 30 odd years that even have all the original members anymore. Or maybe oh. U2? Yeah, U2. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's all the same four guys that they've always had. The Stones aren't far off it. I mean, if you think about it, the Stones have had the same lineup since the 70s. Yeah. They've got the same drummer, same guitarist, same lead singer. Ron Wood. Uh, Ron Wood joined late, early 80s. He's like their second guitarist. Yeah. That's not... That's pretty fair. It's a long time, though. Yeah, that's a fair... I mean, Pearl Jam have been... Pearl Jam, their drummer... The drummers... They've had a few drummers. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, Guns... Or Guns N' Roses, their new tour, but this is... Yeah, it wasn't the original. The drummer was different. Steven Adler didn't make it. Um... But yeah, the whole thing... I mean, even the Stones, like Mick... I mean, Keith... Have you read Keith Richards' autobiography? No. It's a great read. Um, especially the chapter where he tells you how to cook the perfect sausage. Okay. The key is... And spoiler alert, the key is put the sausage in the frying pan before and let it heat up with the sausage. So don't cook... Heat the frying pan up, throw yeah. the sausage in. So it in. cooks through a bit before it yeah. burns. And it's sort it of slow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Keith... Keith Richards, that this is when you when you take away the heroin and the cope and the women, it's all about the cooking the sausage. It's all about the sausage. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, right. it's it's a bit sad, really. But there we go. So, but yeah, because the Stones, like Mick and Keith, have had fights over the, like they haven't. One of my favourites. I feel like I'm borrowing other people's stories, but that's what this podcast kind of is. Um, Keith tells a story about um, the Voodoo Lounge album. They wrote, like, it's the only album at that po- up until that point that they didn't write together. And Mick wrote um, a song, Anybody Seen My Baby? I don't know if you know it or... No, not that one. It's not, yeah, it's a bit obscure. It's a do-do-do-do, anybody see my baby? It's a ballady song. It's a great song. But Mick wrote it, it got, no, yeah, Mick wrote it and he goes and goes to his kids, he goes, I've written this your song, what do you think? And he starts playing it and his daughter starts singing Constant Craving by Katie Lang because he'd subconsciously ripped off the melody. So yeah. he just didn't know. And then, like, Katie Lang's... I think she might have... This Maybe that's where I heard the story. She gets a call going, um, would you mind sharing a songwriting credit with the Rolling Stones? She's like, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fine. And, but Keith... I'll always, take the royalties. I think it, and Keith, in his book, just goes, you know, if we've been writing together, man, that wouldn't happen. I'd have said, me, that's not your song. 
So there you go. It got on the out. That's it's a great song, but yeah, it's a stuffer. But they, yeah, they've had fights. REM, they actually went their whole career with the same lineup. And they they still talk. They're mates. Okay. Oh, sorry, like the last two years, the drummer Bill Berry retired, but. They, they they was pretty close to the end. Or oh, Nirvana, oh no, they had different drummers on yeah, Bleach. Yeah, different drummer. Was, did he drum on Bleach? No. Uh, no, Dave, Dave wasn't on the first one. Yeah, he wasn't on Bleach. So yeah. yeah, but he was on the next. Yeah. There you go. I have, it's funny, I have, we talk about albums we bought on cassette and not, um, the only one I haven't converted to CD from my cassette collection, actually there's two, Bon Jovi's New Jersey album. Have you heard that album? It's a great album. I probably have. That was one of the ones I got from my sister with Motley Crue and stuff. I had all the, the Go, all the if you're listening... Um, but haven't listened to them for years. YouTube the clip for Bad Medicine. Bad Medicine's a wicked song. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, but the film song. clip's got Sam Kinison, comedian Sam Kinison. Oh, the fat guy, the trans Yeah, the, the shouty the guy. Burrow, yeah, shouty guy. Yeah, um, he was in that. But did you... Did you tri- this is mindless trivia now. Did you know, you know the sitcom Married with Children? Yeah, Sam Kinison was on that. Yeah, but no, no, no oh, not. Was, yeah, it? that was originally written as a pilot for him and Roseanne Barr. Really? She turned it down, he turned it down. So Katie Segal got it, and then got, oh, Roseanne obviously went on to do three great things with Roseanne, which was, so a, was, it a, was a pretty successful. I'd say that was a better show than Married with Children. Get the fuck out. Yeah? No! Except the last series, it sucked. No, Mary Mature, I think, is one of the most under... Seizure Kaiser, former Have guest. Have you seen it recently? Yes, I watch it religiously. It's one of my favourite shows. Yes, it's sexist. Yes, it's dated, but damn, it's a good show. It's a good show. It's underrated. Seizure Kaiser, and he can correct me, and he will, no doubt, <laughs> if he listens to this. He rates it as one of his top five sitcoms. Top five comedy shows. I wouldn't have it in my top five, but it's in my top ten. It's a good show. You don't run... A show doesn't run for... Le- There's only one show that ran for longer than seven seasons that I don't get. And that's Everyone Loves Raymond. That's a show... Mm. If someone can explain to me why that show is funny, I don't know. I don't get it. To me, it's How like... How long did Two and a Half Men go for? Oh, I forgot about that. Jeesh. Too long. Too long. <laughs> but see, that, that show was just... I, I think... Oh, that show was just... It was, it was just dumb. Like, it wasn't... I don't know. Charlie Sheen... He has... You, it's one of those, this is a, a web, do you ever write, think of an idea for a web series or a TV show, you write it down and you don't do anything with it? All the time. Yeah, well, I had this one and I pitched this to Seizure Kaiser and he actually thinks it's a goer so I know it's not. <laughs> but I had this idea for a show called, I don't know what the name is, but the concept is... You go to grave sites of those who've passed on, probably famous, you read out their achievements and their negatives, and then you either have a drink in their honour or you pee on the grave. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit low round, but the whole concept is bit. like like say take someone like Ned Kelly. Ned I don't know, does he have oh he's buried he's unmarked but in his case you go to a memorial. Yeah. You weigh up. Like, he's a... Or just on Bogan's neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to piss... Yeah, I'll piss on you. But it's a case of, like, you go, you weigh up. A lot of people say he's a hero, he's persecuted. I think he's a cop killer. He's a horse thief. Yeah, he's he just, you know... And it's a case of, we could sit there, we could have a panel, and at the end, I think for me, if I was on the panel, I'd probably be taking a leak on that grave. <laughs> Others may be having a drink. But I forgot yeah. why we went down this. T- Who were we? we criti- were of, originally, we were talking about 
Mr. Bungle, and then we got all over the place. Yeah, we've gone to peeing on. But how do we get to assessing? She might manage to pee on stage sometimes, like as part of the show. Or just because it's a long show. One time, someone th- I've heard a story. Someone threw a bottle of piss at him, and he drank it. And he used to do all kinds of crazy now, stuff. Now, is that is this? Are we in urban myth territory? Possibly, or? yeah. Because that sounds like. But he used to do some wacky shit. See that. I think if Especially we were those early bungle shows, I would like to go back and that sounds like something. If this would be my version, another I'll pitch you another show. My version of Mythbusters would be that take that urban myth you've just heard there. Mm. We track it down, so we find out where it's stored. Like this, my guess would be what probably happened was someone threw a bottle at stage. He thought it was a beer. Went cheers, took a mouthful, thought, "Oh fudge!" Yeah. And threw it back. That's probably how yeah, it's like when the Aussie Osborne bit the head off a bat. He says he thought it was rubber. Oh yeah, he thought it was a toy, and I yeah. can understand that. Like, would you expect someone to throw a bat? A, lo- a dead or possibly live actual bat? No. Was it dead when he bit it, or was it alive? I don't know. I assume it would have been dead because it was alive when they threw it. It probably would have yeah, flown away. Because the other one is Alice Cooper and the chicken. Yeah. I can't remember if that's true. What I heard was someone threw a live chicken on stage and he went to throw it back in a crowd thinking, it's a bird, it can fly. But obviously chickens don't fly so good, so I landed in the crowd and it got torn to shreds. That's the the story I've heard. And the story turned into he bit the head off a live chicken. Yeah, but that's not what happened. Ozzy bit the head off a dove in a meeting, like a record company meeting. (laughs) Because he was hungry? I don't know, but that one's in his autobiography and stuff, so... So you got a question, like, Ozzy was on, it's fair, it's not defamation. Shitload of drugs. Copious amounts of drugs. So yeah, That's not defamation. What probably yeah. happened, he's probably going, yeah, Ozzy, it's me, man. I just, I bit the head off a bat because I wanted an extra album. What probably happened, he was just sitting there playing with his daughter's um, stuffed toys <laughs> and, you know, he thinks he's in an executive meeting. He's just yeah. a part of his daughter's tea There's party. also the story of Ozzy sniffing a line of ants. See, that sounds... In the like- 80s when he was on tour with, like, Motley Crue or one of those kind of bands, and I think they just dared him to sniff a line of ants like Coke, and he did. Yes, yeah, so I could see... I could see, in my earlier and drunken years, doing something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, actually, I remember at school, in year 10, I, for a... No, it wasn't me. I wasn't that stupid. Someone else did a line of sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> don't do a line of sawdust. Wasn't planning to. Yeah, no, it was. F- I remember because it was just like, oh fuck, yeah, it, it didn't k- kill him, but it that was a pretty heavy bleeding. Actually, don't don't do any drug that resolves around sniffing shit up your nose. It just leads to bloody noses and deviated septums. Fuck, if you've got enough money that you can afford cocaine in Australia, you can afford the surgery to fix your deviated septum. No, give it to charity. Fucking buy speed, it's cheaper. <laughs> there you go, there's our drug advice. I've bought my speed. What am I talking about? I'm talking about cocaine speed. Two things I've never ingested. Actually, this is my um actually we're, it's a rock and roll type of thing. I have you ever been around cocaine? Um yeah. Hypothetically. Sort of, yeah. Never done it, but yeah, I've been around people that have been ingested. Been, been affected by it. Yeah. So you've been to a Martin Place bar on a Friday night. Oh hell no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, good. Good. I, that's have a look at me. But see, this is un- I, w- I will not name names on this one because it's yeah. I was at a house party. No, it wasn't a house party. It was a very big name comedian um, was staying in Sydney, and they had a big, big, big flat, and they invited some people over for a party, and I'm there. 
Seizure Kaiser was there, and former guest Francis Blair, has been on a few episodes, was there. We were just hanging out, we were thinking, this is pretty cool. There were some pretty famous people in this room. And they kept going into the... I'm really trying hard not to name names here, because <laughs> I could really fuck some things up here. So just, yeah, I'll, I'll cut it out if I do, but I'll just save my edit work, I'm going slow. But they kept going into this famous comedian's bedroom, coming out really excited and then they'd come in and this went on all night and Seizure and, and Seizure's just as naive as me he goes I wonder what's in there and I said I wonder why they keep going in the bedroom and Seizure's like oh maybe he, maybe they are gender specific gender neutral are showing their new DVD and I go oh yeah that makes sense go in show a clip come out and then Francis Blair turns and goes you fucking idiots they're doing coke you morons why do you think they're so excited I'm like why would you do coke there's beers here Oh, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, we didn't last long at that party, and we, we didn't get invited into that. But yeah, that was my naivety. I, was, I would have been about 27 when that happened too, so it wasn't like a 19-year-old kid who said that. That was... Yeah, I can't, I can't confirm or deny if any of the comedians at that... Yeah, I better, yeah so that's my, that's my experience around Coke. As you know, I lie, there's been a few other times, but that was the first time where I really felt out of my depth at a party. And yeah, I, didn't, I did not imbibe because the other thing with cocaine, and this is maybe, tweet me if you've got experience in this. Um, or no, don't email me. I don't, want, I don't want coke trails in there. I'd be worried. Like, it's, what is it, 300 bucks a gram? I have no idea. It's right, ballpark. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's a lot of money. Like, my big worry would be if this comedian said, hey, boys, come on in. Yeah, if this comedian said, hey, boys, hey, boys, hey, oh, hey, 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 lads. Um, he wasn't English, was it? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do a, no, we're not going to do an Indian accent. It's not an Indian comedian. It wasn't Mahatma Coke. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but it's a case of, I'd be worried if he went in there and I did my little line or whatever it is. And then he goes, oh, man, that'll be 300 bucks. I just fucking... Stop it. 300 bucks. And I'm like, I have not... Like at that stage, I did not have $300 to be giving to a famous comedian to pay for Coke. Mm. So, but yeah, that's my big worry. I mean, is it a case of... Because you never see... Like, you see people in movies sharing lines, doing lines. No one's ever paying. Like, if we go out for a drink, you and I... Say we go down the pub tonight. Yeah. I get the first round. You're going to offer to get the second round. Assuming... Assuming that I actually drank. Yeah, say, yeah, you, yeah, you don't, but just say, like, hi, that would be the expectation. Yeah. Yeah, so, but that, how does it work with that? Is it a case of, I come over to your place, we do a line, then next time I expect to, I don't know how this, is there etiquette? Or is it just a case of if you're rich enough to afford this stuff? Is it like when you throw a party and, you know, you put out, you know, the peanuts, the packet of chips, is along those lines? I don't know, but discussing who pays for drugs is probably the least rock and roll thing we could be talking about on a music podcast. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, well, you know, I just think if people are tuning in for the music, they might have experience in this. <laughs> they probably have. Yeah. I wish I could name... Actually, I wish... I can't... I can contact the person who... But <laughs> just tell me who it is Is it after. random? Oh, I'll tell you who it is after. But is it random enough to just send them... Well, I wouldn't tweet it because it's... Imp- could I DM them? So there you go. If you want to find out a clue... Go and look through my Twitter followers and see who follows me. I'll, 
and I just one thing I just want to clarify that he was not there it was it was an overseas comedian so we just yeah I just because I just realized with my Twitter followers yeah so anyway but yeah is it would it be wrong if out of the blue I just sent them a DM hey dude when you do cocaine is it like is there an etiquette can someone like I'm genuinely I'm genuinely interested in just this. Just ask Francis. He seemed to know he about it. He can't afford cocaine. <laughs> yeah, but he'd know the etiquette involved. Yeah, maybe he would. It's just, it's just something that I always wondered. Like It's like when, you know, because you always see in movies and that, people always hand people pills, they hand them mushroom, they do it. You never see any settling it up. You're never like, okay, no. well, hey, mate, those pills I got last night were, f- you know, I don't know how much pills are. What, 50 bucks? Just give us 20 or oh, you no. get the next slot. I think it depends how much baby laxative they've been cut with. <laughs> That's the other thing too. It's a lot of... For people who are like drugs, they know how to mix shit and all that. And I struggle making like a bourbon and coke, like getting the levels right. You know, imagine doing that with laxatives and all that stuff. I just realised at this point now, we've gone down the drugs track. <laughs> um, I haven't actually mentioned the band or album that I've chosen for this for this episode. Actually, have you, you got any more, Mr. Bunk? We've established you never saw them live. Never saw, but I've seen other bands with members involved live. So I've seen Faith No More a couple of times. I've seen Tomahawk. I've seen Phantomus. I've seen Umlaut live, so like four bands with members involved, but never seen Never Bumble. seen. So that's yeah. like me before last, or t- a month ago, I had seen Velvet Revolver, I had seen Axl Rose's Guns N' Roses, yeah, I had Slash seen Solo. Slash Solo, and I'd seen Duff's band, but I'd never seen them all, and I saw them on the same stage, and gotta be honest, I preferred seeing Slash Solo, I preferred, Duff was good with Guns N' Roses, but I certainly... Axl Rose's Guns N' Roses were pretty damn good. Mm. Just it was weird watching a band that you love on a massive stage, and the guitarist could not be further, further away. away. Like there were a few times where Axl would walk over to Slash as if say, and Slash would sort of be like, "I'm going to hang here, but I'm just going to go over there." Well, Slash never moved around much anyway, did he? No, but there was times just where stand there and no, no, no. He walked, but he sort of stayed on. Like there were times where him and Duff would get together and. Um, the other guitarist, whose name escapes me, but he's pretty damn good. Is he? Nah, Izzy's, Izzy doesn't didn't tour with him. It's oh, okay. so there you go. I haven't actually. There's two members of Guns N' Roses I've never seen: Stephen Adler and Izzy Stradlin. Uh, that, that's a cool name, isn't it? Izzy Stradlin. I don't know. Izzy. I don't know. Izzy. Izzy. Maybe. So there you go. So I haven't named my band now. I when I decided this podcast, I've got 400 CDs. Some of them you look back and, yeah, they're not, I'm not wheeling them out. But there are others in there that I'm kind of proud of. And I thought to myself, for the first episode of this pilot podcast, um, <laughs> I thought this one would be the type of podcast you could launch and someone would get on board sponsoring. Judging by how we've gone so far, it's probably going to be a Coke dealer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they've got cash. they got money, yeah. We'll, no, we won't. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take the money. Anyway, I don't think we're going to have much time to talk. But the band I chose, uh, the I went and chose an album that I genuinely love, I think is underrated, and I still listen to this day. I went with Live's Throwing Copper. It was also, it wasn't, I'll admit, it wasn't my first choice, but I couldn't find the first choice in my yeah. album collection. But see, my choice was this one because I like so much different music, I thought I'd pick an album that has so many different influences on it, it kind of covers everything. Is this one still on your iPod to your day, this day? It's on my phone. Yeah, mine yeah. too. Mine, like Live... I will say this. I think Throwing Copper deserves to... Because it's, po- it's 
post-grunge. It's sort of just in the dying days of grunge. I think it stacks up very highly against some of the best grunge albums. I think it's it's never... I never hear it talked about in glowing terms. You know what I think did it? If this band had have quit after one, maybe two albums, this would be the greatest album. This would be not quite Sex Pistols level. So was that their first or second album? This was their s- I don't know too no, much No, it was their second album, but it was their first big one. And it was... Because it was a big album. Their hit, Lightning Crashes was a big hit. Yeah, that's the only had, song I remember from it. They had I Alone, which was... Oh, a, yeah, I remember that one. I Alone was the song that got me into it. And there's... What was the other single on there? But it had some other, like... Oh, I can't... There's some other songs in there that are just really, really... This was one I had on cassette. So I, all the big singles were on side one, you turn, and it was a great album. But then the second album was Lakini's Juice, which had... Oh, I can't even... Was it that, that single or the album? But it was a really... Know darker album like it was a real but then then they went away and they released a song that it was then they had one more big hit after this and it's a terrible song about the, can you hear the dolphins cry like that can you hear the dolphins cry it was one of those songs that sort of embraced yeah but it's a terrible song and I think that their latter work has diminished this album like I think people dismiss Throwing Copper as a great album mm. based on their past work okay yeah yeah that's just my theory. If anyone disagrees... Oh, again, this is just me talking crap about music. I have no... I cannot play any musical instruments. Can you play any musical instruments? I can play guitar and bass, but not well. See, that's more than me. I can look at a guitar. I can make it look... I can't play it whatsoever. <laughs> I don't have the discipline. Did you ever... Like, did you take lessons to learn guitar or... No, nah, like I... There's... Now the, now the YouTube exists. When I first started, it wasn't. But now that's a thing. It's pretty easy to kind of teach yourself the basics. See, I haven't got the discipline. Like, I remember I, at school we had to learn the keyboard and I had, took piano lessons for like three weeks. But the teacher sort of said, he really needs to practice. It's clear. Because I haven't got the attention to do it. That's why I like stand-up comedy because, you know, you sh- this, is, this is probably what's holding me back in my stand-up career. You should be disciplined. You should write. You should edit. You should hone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can just get up and talk. Yeah, this is one of the cheapest performance things you yeah, can do. Yeah, you don't just... need to buy expensive material. Because I've got friends in bands, and it's like amps and guitars, and you buy new strings all the time, and drumsticks and skins. It's bloody expensive. Oh, I remember um, um, in a past life, I escorted around town. I would say dating, because it wasn't that serious. A musician who was in some really cool bands. And I remember one day hanging out with one of her friends, and she's just... The friend was really upset. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, cracked a cymbal. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You can get another one. She goes, they're 800 bucks. Whoa. Like, Whoa. It's like, you can get like $80 cymbals, but they sound terrible. Yeah. She's like, she had her eight. And I, and I felt her pain. I'm like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't afford to pay. Uh, you know, but yeah. So that, that, you know, for me, it's like, if I go to a, uh, if I go into a gig and break a mic, I'm like, oh, not mine. I'm not, I'm not going to, <laughs> but you know, it's, yeah, it's different standard. We get lucky. You're just going to roll up. You don't need props. Well, some people use props, but you don't need them. Yeah, no, you, no, you don't need up. them. Unless you're Carrot Top, you do not need props. If you're an open micer out there listening, don't start with prop comedy. You do not get taken seriously. You, if you're real, uh, yeah, don't. It's just a, I used to, I, I say this. My first we won't couple, talk about the character thing I do that occasionally uses props then. Oh, do you do props? Oh, oh just, no, not really. But See, I used, to, I used to have a bit. I used to do the, Ian Thorpe released his own line of water years ago and I used to bring a bottle up for that and use mock ads well that's about as far as my prop work goes oh yeah well you're in the same I remember one night I left the bottle down in Canberra after a gig and I'm like 
And it was they don't make it anymore. I'm like, well, maybe this is the way of saying, you know, that that, don't bit's, do that, anymore. that bit's done. Let's move on. But there you go. I've been lucky enough though. I have seen live life. Um, that's not a top. Yeah, maybe. The, do you ever think maybe the band is actually called Live? It's funny. Yeah, but they, they don't say, "Hey, we're Live" when they play Live or Live. Hey, we live live, live live. Yeah, but they they were a good band. Like they were a band when I saw them, two thousand five, two thousand six. So not so it was their well heyday. after the heyday. Yeah, yeah. But I was one of those things where a mate rings me up, goes, "I got a ticket, I'm like, uh, cheap." Uh. And I say this like when I say cheap, it's sixty bucks, which that's all right. Where was the what venue was it? Warden. Which it's a Horden, that's sort of average. I have a love hate relationship with it. It's a good venue, but there's no Atmos. Like when yeah, it's you just get a big, it's just a big empty. Because when you get there, and it's like, like I've seen at the Horden, I've seen Nine Inch Nails, um, uh, PJ Harvey, and Live, and Live, live oh, so that's where I saw Velvet Revolver too. And it's just great concerts. I really enjoyed it. But it's just not for the Atmos. I've also been to a dog show there, which was cool too. So it sort of puts it in perspective. But the reason I took this ticket because there's another band, a band that I rate one of their albums in my top 10, and probably my top five, but it's a type of album I can only listen to on certain times. And I got offered to a cheap ticket to see them, Radiohead. I went and somewhere... I've never been a fan of Radiohead. I like OK Computer, but like... Yeah, that... Is that the album that's in your yeah. top of? Yeah, that's probably my top... But it's not probably. the album you can put on. Like if I get up in the morning, and this is how I know I'm going to have a good day. I got about a thousand songs on my iPod. Mm. You put it on shuffle. If Karma Police comes or Paranoid Android comes on, it puts me in the wrong mood for the day. Yeah. <laughs> but I went and saw them for sixty bucks, and that was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Mm. So I thought, oh yeah, sixty bucks, I'll go see live, and they were good. Like, it was a very good concert. I had a lot of fun. But, you know, they've played a few... I think they've broken up now. Like, I know Ed Kowalczak tours on his own. If they haven't broken up, they're doing, like, the county fair circuit in America. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I've seen them once, and but the album still stacks up. To this day, I listen to it. And if you haven't given live a chance, go and have a listen to Throwing Copper. What about Mr. Bungle? We, if someone says, listen to this, and go, I want to have a crack, should they start with this one, or should um, they... They probably should start with this one. This is probably the most accessible album. It's the least insane um, a lot of the earlier stuff, like it has got a sort of lot more metal influences in it. This one is sort of it's, it sounds like the soundtrack to a movie that was never made. It's got like there's like a jazz influences. There's like a doo wop. There's crooning in it. There's songs that sound like a like a the soundtrack to a Ren and Stimpy cartoon on speed. It's it's all over the place, but it's not as insane as the others. There you go. So, so check the starting point if you've never heard Bungle. So if you've never heard Bungle, put California. Start with California. Yeah. Start with California. If you like live, start and end with throwing copper. Well, Peter, thanks for coming along. This has been a lot of fun. As I said many a times, tweet at MW Chat Show if you like this or don't. And listen to comment. Actually, if you don't listen to it, I'll just be able to listen to the numbers. I'll look at the numbers. And you're, on, you're not on Twitter, are you? I set a count up today. It's got... What's it called? Uh, just Peter Gleason 1. Peter Gleason one. There you go. We'll, let's get Peter up to 100 followers. So follow him. None. No tweets. Have you no tweeted? Followers. No. All right. I, I'm going to set you. This will come out on a Monday. You've got probably a week, two weeks. We'll, we'll get some tweets going. So follow him, Peter Gleason one Check him out at the Sydney Comedy Festival, April 29th and 30th with Maslow in Frazzled. Check me out at the Australian, May 17th. Thank you guys for listening. And, well, we've talked about music. I guess I better hit the music. 